Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where, as ever, we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This episode is supported by Santa Cruz Bicycles, Seven Mesh and We Are One Composites, and there are some great offers for you coming right up. Seven Mesh are based in the wild terrain and mad weather of British Columbia, and they're founded by three former members of outdoor brand Arcteryx, so they were always going to create cycling clothing that would push the envelope of performance and quality. I've had the chance to use some of their mountain bike range over the last few months and I can tell you that they've created some really great products that offer some impressive performance elements and handy features too, as well as being pretty neutral on the colours and style side of things. For the Chilco Anorak, they've created their own material, WTV, which seems to somehow block a decent amount of wind, keep you warm, but also not overheat. I've never ridden in something that is this comfortable over such a wide range of temperatures and effort levels. For me, it's the most versatile piece of riding kit I've ever worn and I've tried quite a lot over the years. It works really well with their Griffin Long Sleeve Crew, which is also a waffle-style fabric, this time from Polartec. It's a great way to add a little bit of warmth into the mix when things get really cold like they did here recently. Whether you want to try 7mesh for the first time or you're already hooked, they're offering downtime listeners a 20% discount using the code DOWNTIME7MESH20. That's DOWNTIME followed by the number 7, then M-E-S-H and the number 20, all in capitals with no spaces. So that's DOWNTIME7MESH20 over at 7mesh.com for a very generous 20% off. Head over now and check them out and what's even better is that they ship globally so wherever you are you can get your hands on some top quality riding gear. We Are One have been my go-to wheels for over four years now and I really can't fault them. Great build quality, literally no maintenance needed and the ride quality is a fantastic balance between being direct but still compliant in the right way so you don't get punished and pinged around on the trail and right now you can get 15% off anything on their site. Apologies to anyone who has had issues using the We Are One Composites discount code. It does work, but you need to use it at the very final stage of the checkout process, which is the confirm order page. So to get an incredible 15% off anything from We Are One Composites, including their brand new convergence wheels, their recently reduced and still very awesome revolution wheels, which are what I use, or their bite the arrival, all you need to do is to use the code downtime December 15 at the checkout over at weareonecomposites.com. That's downtime with a capital D, December also with a capital D, all one word, followed directly by the number 15 over at weareonecomposites.com. You've got until midnight on the 31st of December to make the most of this awesome offer, so head over to weareonecomposites.com and choose what you want. Just to let you know, those codes are both getting close to the end. We're near the end of the month, so if you want to make the most of those offers, then now's the time. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can hit follow or subscribe in your podcast app now, or there's buttons to help you get it done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. All the links you need for all of this stuff are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. I'd also love it if you give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook where I'm at Downtime Podcast. It's the best place to keep in touch and keep up with what we're up to. This episode is also supported by Santa Cruz, who've kindly lent us some of their trail bikes for testing. Mountain bikes are continually developing and the trail bike category has become more and more popular. But just how good are modern trail bikes? We took the Santa Cruz Tallboy 5010 and Hightower, which cover a range from 120 to 145 millimeters of travel, for a day's gravity-based riding to see how they performed. Hear what we thought to each of the bikes, how they compare and which ones we'd choose to keep. Just how capable are these types of bikes and could a short travel bike improve your riding enjoyment? Also, can you really work out how a bike's going to perform from some numbers on a spreadsheet? 
As ever, we were pretty surprised by what we found. So without further ado, here's me, Jonathan and Ben. Jonathan Matthews and Ben Thompson, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. Uh, before we get too far into this, let's just remind people that might not have heard you on previous episodes of your uh, riding level and experience. Um, Johnny, we'll start with you. A uh, long-time mountain biker, uh, raced decades ago now, I would say, <laughs> which is sad to say. But um, yeah, proficient mountain biker, reasonably high level. Um, that's probably about it, really, I think. All right, Ben. <laughs> uh, been riding about as long as... Uh, as about as long as Johnny has, maybe a year longer. I don't know. I think I'm a year young, a year older than him. Um, yeah, uh, ridden in the out, ridden all, ridden kind of all over the place, a few places around the world. Fairly proficient. Um, tickle the podium sometimes at regional races. Um, <laughs> get out as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. All right. So this time around, we've got a, a trail bike showdown from one of the most in-demand brands out there at the moment, Santa Cruz. We had their tall boy, which is 130 front travel, 120 rear with full 29er setup. We had their uh, 5010, which is now mullet and has got a 140 mil travel fork up front and 130 mil travel out the back. And finally, their high tower, which is uh, 150 up front, 145 out back and also on 29 front and rear. Before we talk about testing and the bikes, I guess, Santa Cruz sent us each a bike but didn't tell us which bike we'd each be getting out of those three. Uh, ben, which one were you hoping would show up and why? Uh, so I wanted the tall boy um, because I had, what, uh, had, uh, I had a big trans Pete ride planned for it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no other reason. Fair enough. Johnny, what about you? I didn't want the tall boy. I was happy with either of the other two. <laughs> why did you not want the tall boy? it was in my mind it was 2xc okay fair enough if and i wanted the tall boy i was kind of interested by that strap line of the downhillers cross-country bike and uh i was chatting with elliot jackson a few weeks ago he's got one and he was a big fan of it and he made it look pretty good fun in the photo shoot that they did for the launch so yeah i was kind of keen on that um so yeah these bikes they're all really pretty close on geometry there's a head angle range of one degree across them, reaches within three millimeters, rear centers are within six millimeters, and it makes it, I guess, pretty hard to choose from the three, um, certainly on paper. And they all look basically the same. Are you into that, Johnny? This kind of homogenous look across the whole range of, of, of uh, a company like that? Um, it struck me when I saw them all, just how similar they were and you know when we when we actually met up i couldn't i wouldn't have been able to tell the difference really between the three of them they were visually visually yeah, yeah. they were uh you know colors aside obviously but the the design of the frames made them there was very little in it in terms of how they looked you know if you're going on looks alone there was nothing do you think that's nothing. a good thing for a brand um for me, no, I, th I don't think it is a good thing because there's, I don't know, I just like to see a difference. I don't know why. That's just me. <laughs> That's fair enough. What about you, Ben? Well, um, I mean, I, we had a lot of debate bef 
before we kicked off about which, which bike was which. Like, I'm, I'm not that familiar with their range, but you know, they, they they make a lot of different bikes. They're all visually very similar. Um, I couldn't have told you out of the tall boy, the 5010 and the high tower, which was the, the downhillers cross country bike before we got stuck into it all. Yeah. Um, whether that matters from a marketing point of view, I don't know. If you're a Santa Cruz fan, you're going to be. If you're thinking about buying one of those bikes, you're gonna you're gonna be aware. And I, I can think of other brands where they kind of use the same suspension sort of design throughout the range, um, and uh, and that doesn't you know they they seem a bit more distinctive. I don't know. Maybe it's because their range is packed with so many different models. It's uh, hard to pick yeah. the difference it, between them. It is very tightly packed, and like the fact that we've picked out three that just sit here within quite a small part of the overall range is uh says something about how packed that range is but with all of these bikes there's a bit of an elephant in the room that i feel like we should address before we go too far and that's the cost um so we had the gx axs reserve build on all the bikes so you get your fancy electric gears and some very lovely uh reserve carbon wheels but they do cost between eight thousand eight hundred and eight thousand nine hundred pounds in the uk how do you feel about that Ben, we'll start with you. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money for a bike. It's a lot of money for a bike, isn't it? I, um, I thought that. I looked at the pink bike, like trail bike review summary thing that came online today, and it's actually one of the cheaper bikes in that test, which kind of, I've just lost track of how <laughs> much bikes cost these days for starters, I think. but I guess they've all gone up a bit recently. A bit. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um uh you know there's the extra spec is there's a real feel of quality um they're beautiful beautiful things as well they're you know they're designed they look good and they function well and sort of that's all been optimized so like the the uh the appearance doesn't compromise function and function doesn't compromise the appearance just got that balance just right um i guess there's other there's other things that that money gets you as well that um that will give value to some people that might not apply that might not apply to others yeah there's i did a bit of sort of thinking on this i guess so you've got the the lifetime warranty obviously which a lot of people don't give you get your lifetime that's on frame and bearings it's put together in the usa and it is done really really well like all the bikes were were super nice builds, simple to service, um, that high level of finish. And I know some of the other stuff that I guess is a bit harder to like put a value on. There's like the, the pay dirt, uh, side of Santa Cruz that gives a lot of money back to trails and other organizations. There's the fact that they support local bike shops. Um, and I guess there's like a belonging thing. Like if Santa Cruz is the crew that you feel like you want to be part of, then there's a value to that. Like if you, you know, if you're a big fan of the syndicate, the 50 to one crew, um, I guess there's a draw there. Johnny, what's your thought on that? Like, I guess value versus price thing. Cause they're two different things, right? I've always thought of bikes as tools, uh-huh. uh, nothing more. And I don't associate them with that, you know, buying into a community. The community is the group of friends that I have and the people I choose to ride with. Um, so if I'm honest, I just view them as quite expensive. Bikes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There's a few other things in there that I guess 
sort of stand a little bit aside maybe from some other competitors in that they also have different uh, kind of geometry and rear end sizing across the range, depending on what size you are, and different carbon layups, um, which makes sense to me, right? Their their theory is that if you're a bigger rider, you're probably in the grand scheme a heavier rider and that the carbon layup doesn't necessarily need to be the same on a extra large as it does on a small. So there's some stuff that goes in there, but mm. ultimately, yeah, these high-end bikes from Santa Cruz and quite a few other brands are, they're getting pretty, pretty punchy these days. Um, but yeah, I guess it's good that there's a lot of choice out there still across, across the price range for people, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, ultimately you make your own decision about what's valuable for you, I guess. So I, I just, uh, I guess one last point, you know, as you mentioned earlier in terms of, you know, I've not been and checked out what the cost of other bikes are. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, wow, this is a lot of money. But as Ben said, this is, could be where, where these level of bikes sit at the moment. So to say it's expensive might not be a, you know, it's, it's not fair on say, to say that to Santa Cruz when that's what the competition's bikes are. Mm. And yes, some other brands that sell direct to consumer are able to offer at a discount. So it, it isn't a kind of a fair comparison without, you know, it's me jumping on a podcast and saying, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like I say, I was kind of shocked when I looked at the, the, the pink bike field test stuff, like those bikes are all between other than the, the Norco, they were all between kind of nine and 11 grand, I think yeah. us dollars. That is, it, but those bikes didn't feel like poor value either. It felt, you felt like you got what you were paying for. Well, not that we, not that we were paying, paying for them, but, <laughs> It, it didn't feel like poor value. It felt like what you got was worth that price yeah. tag from my, from my point of view anyway. And I'm not uh, someone who's ever likely to shell out that much. Keen as, keen as I am on mountain biking, I'm very unlikely to spend that much that much money on a on a bike but um, yeah it's a high it's a high-end build and a high-end mm. spec as well at the end of the day mm. so let's let's talk a bit about what we did with the bike so we're all luckily roughly the same size we can all ride the same size bike with just a few suspension tweaks to account for uh, differences in weight between the three of us so we took each bike along with the baseline suspension recommendations from the santa cruz website and we went to bike park wales for a day of testing um, I think it's fair to say that as we spent most of the day on the uplift, we didn't really test the technical climbing prowess of each of these bikes. Um, however, I've spent a little bit of time ahead of the testing on the 5010. I know Ben, you spent a little bit of time after the testing on the Tallboy, so maybe we, we can add a few comments on that side of things. And we split the day up a bit um, by doing more of a sort of flow style trail first. Uh, and then did more of a, a technical, rougher, rocky style trail second. And we did that on each bike so that we had a really clear baseline of how each one rode across that variety of t- terrain. Um, we didn't really get to ride anything super steep or super rough on the day, uh, but we definitely got them up to speed on some pretty good mixed terrain. And once that that first chunk of testing was out of the way, it was a bit more of a free-for-all to pick the bike that you were kind of interested to ride on some other trails and try and pin down any thoughts or feelings that we had for the bikes but before we go into each bike let's start a little bit with how we felt about going to a bike park on a short travel bike because i guess it's we should say we all normally ride bikes in the 160 150 kind of range um i don't mind saying i wasn't massively looking forward to it because the forecast (laughs) was for like minus one um and i felt like the the bikes and and therefore me were going to be pretty out of their depth 
like uh johnny how did you feel like ahead of the day having not ridden the bikes really yeah so i i, I um in case it wasn't clear i did get sent the tall boy the one that i w- was least keen on um <laughs> so um i managed to get out on that uh, uh, on the monday we went on the thursday and um i i was actually pleasantly surprised um i rode it on my local trails and it was um kind of better than i expected even in kind of like slippy and wet conditions so coming into thursday i was like okay you know i'll probably be my initial thoughts were the same as yours it was going to be hard work um so after that in the first initial outing i was like um actually i'll probably be wrong as i as i am on these things that we've been doing yeah (laughs) (laughs) what about you ben were you looking forward to it or not um i think it's fair to say i was probably feeling a bit like you chris like i'm getting up at 5 a.m in the morning to drive three and a half hours sub-zero conditions in wales to ride cross-country bikes down a bike park um yeah um i mean i was i thought well the uh the high tower yeah that'd probably be all right the 5010 that'd probably be okay as well it's a mullet um I was pretty apprehensive and I was on the tour boy last as well. I was, so I'd work my way down. I was very skeptical about how much fun I'd be able to have on that bike. Uh, Interesting. Like Wales. Yeah. Well, luck- yeah. Luckily, I think we all came out of the day feeling a bit better. So let's, let's chat about the riding. I started off on the 5010, which has that mullet set up. Um, and I found that first flow trail, like a lot of fun on that bike. For me, it turns really well. My personal bike is a mullet at the moment, so I guess it's a familiar setup to me in that respect. And I feel like that that fifty ten rewards a pretty aggressive riding style. Like if you really push it into the turns, it generates speed really well. Um, and was kind of yeah, it was really fun to ride on that that type of trail. I was a bit less excited to ride it on the rougher stuff, but actually it handled it. I felt pretty well. I didn't feel out of its depth, um, and I was using all the travel on occasion for sure. I didn't feel harsh. Like it always felt like the bike was kind of holding back a little bit, maybe to look after you. Um, there was a bit of, certainly a bit of, I guess, hooligan tendencies to that bike for me. Um, Johnny, how about you on the 5010? Because your response, I th- I thought the 5010 was the bike that was going to put a real smile on everyone's face. And uh, it, it had sort of had the opposite effect for you on the day. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it was the one that I was actually keenest to try. Um, um, similar to you, I think both of you actually were, you know, we were all on mullets. So, you know, it's um, a, a setup that I am, I'm familiar with and I was keen to try a shorter travel version just just to see what it was like. It took the smile off my face. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, um, it's very, you know, I normally can get on with most bikes and it was the one I was on last. So I started on the tall boy, went to the high tower and then, uh, then was on the mullet. And I don't know whether it was because I'd come from those two, which, um, carried the speed so well that I got on that. And I just felt I was having to work hard all the time to get it to, to, um, to go fa- as fast as I would have liked. Yeah. Um, and I, I asked you on the day, if you thought maybe it was the mullet wheel that was like, part of the reason for struggling to carry that speed and you commented that you'd ridden that same trail only a couple of months earlier on a 150 mil travel mullet and found it much easier to maintain the pace so you you kind Mm. of weren't 
putting it down to the wheel. But I was thinking about it a little bit on the way home. I'm wondering if with a mullet setup, like when you drop below a certain amount of travel on the rear end, whether it becomes kind of more noticeable, like it's harder, the wheel has less ability to move out the way and deal with, you know, those square edge hits. So I wonder if maybe there's like a, a tipping point above which it starts to, you start to get away with it on the majority of impacts and below which maybe at that 130, maybe we we've gone out of that sweet spot. I don't know. What do you think? And do you think the, maybe the, the, that's masked on the other, on the other two because of the wheel size, like you, you, you don't feel it say on the tall boy because the wheel size helps you carry that speed. Whereas, I think so. Yeah. The wheels, the wheel yeah. size definitely like all of us have had that experience of going from either 26 or 275 to 29 bytes. And you, the immediate thing is like, oh, hang on a minute. I've got more suspension. This thing just trucks over stuff. So I think we had that feeling on the high tower and the tall boy. And then we've all got used to mullets, but we've all got used to higher travel mullets. And I wonder whether mm. it's that like a bit, you know, 20 mil more travel maybe for it to move out the way. It means it's not getting quite as hung up as that 5010 was. I don't know. Could I think that. one other thing, and just before we started, I was bringing up our little spreadsheet with the, the stats in. And I just wanted to confirm what I, what I had in my head. And I was completely wrong again um, in that the reach on the, on the 5010 is the longest of the three yeah well, whereas four, five six in medium yeah yeah whereas when i got on the bike immediately i was like wow this is small and uh, so it, i don't i don't I don't really understand <laughs> that's the case <laughs> if i'm honest because it felt it felt like getting on a small bike whereas the mm. you know the tall boy which had the sh- you know um middle reach i guess was you know, felt similar to the high tower. Um, maybe it was because you're more slightly sitting in the bike with it being in mullet, but I don't know. It just felt I like think, a lot smaller. I think the high tower had wider bars as well, didn't it? Yeah. Which it did come with a, yeah, an 800 and the others were on 760. Made it feel a bit longer than it, than yeah. it was. Ben, how did you get over that 5010? Um, like, like Johnny, um, did feel sluggish and sluggish in places like it was struggling to, to carry at speed. Maybe that was just the, the trails we rode both had like a flat rough section in the middle. And I don't know if like the top, the top trails, I can't remember what, what was it? Six to pot, six to pod and six wibbly to pod, wobbly maybe. Yeah. They both had sort of uh holes at one point where maybe, and maybe that really highlighted um, that, that issue um it but it was yeah it definitely <clears throat> was noticeable it felt like someone had turned off the engine when you came onto that little flat rough bit on that on that particular bike whereas the other two would keep trucking yeah um like you it was a lot of it was a lot of fun in other places though it would howl around like berm turns and give you loads of speed out and it would give you that sort of like uh laugh out loud moments that didn't didn't get from the high tower at all um so that was uh, like it's definitely a strength of it for me. It is, it is a hooligan bike, I think. Maybe um, with the opportunity to ride it a bit more in some other conditions, you might be able to pick out some of those tendencies there. Yeah, fun, a fun little bike, but probably not the fastest uh, down certain trails for sure. Mm. Let's let's chat about the tour boy because we've all kind of struggled to not mention it. 
um, the bike that Santa Cruz built, like we said, as the downhill as cross country bike. And I was both excited and nervous to give it a go because on paper, on paper, the geometry looks good, but the travel just scares me. I'm like, how can that work on some of these trails? Johnny, you started on it. You'd had that little warm up ride on it at home as well. How did you get on once you went to, uh, the more significant trails of bike park Wales on it? Um, I just got on, got on with it. Just like, it, I knew it would be slightly harder work cause it had less travel, but that's just, you know, it's just maybe it's a bit more physical. Um, but that it was fine. Like you could still chatter across the top of the rocks. Um, yes, it was a bit harsher, but you know, in the corners, it, you know, tipped in nicely, carried speed on the flow trails amazingly. And I didn't feel it was a, you know, um, I was hindered in, in any of the little bit steeper bits and bobs that we did do. And, and yeah, and the rocks were knowingly going to be harder and slightly slower. But other than that, I was, I got like, I happy with it straight away, clearing the jumps, no problems, happy days. It was, I can't, I just didn't think about it. I was just having, you know, well, great. I'm out riding with Ben and Chris, happy days. <laughs> did, did that surprise you? Not the fact that you were happy to be riding with us, but the bike. It was only when we started talking about it that I realized how comfortable I was on it because I, I wasn't thinking about the bike, if that makes sense. I was, yeah. I was more focused on, on, you know, looking for, you know, lines and stuff. And there were a couple of bits where I was like, you know, I'm going a bit too fast here and yeah, you know, foot, you know, I had to put a, a scared foot out, um, <laughs> which I knew I wouldn't get on say my bike or maybe on a, a one of the other bikes but that's fine it's that's you know part and parcel with the i think the geometry and the and the and the suspension um so yeah it was yeah what about you ben <laughs> well, it's no secret between us three that because i've just been frothing <laughs> ever since last thursday oh, i love this bike and i was completely amazed um so it's the third of them it was the third of the three that I hopped onto. I was like, you because I was like, oh, this is going to be hard work. Um, I'm going to get hammered. Um, it's not going to be any fun, but it's uh, like the job. Uh, it's like, it just goes to show how, I mean, it's stating the obvious, but how important geometry is. Like, you know, it it totally held its own, really, at Bike, at bike Park Wales, I'd say. Um, really really well balanced uh and may like the front wheel grips uh may, maybe they're, they're perhaps all this good but it was most noticeable on there because the the expectations were lower i suppose front yeah. wheel grips amazing it had comp, sort of half compromised set of tires on um i can't remember what were on the other two yeah so we had dhr2 uh max grip on the front and max terror on the back of the other two bikes and then yeah. the tall boy had a dissector front and a recon on the rear both in the max terror like the harder compound yeah. so so that was another yeah. re reason to be slightly scared as well but no issues at all and you know i've ridden it since around my local trails and it's great really composed it carried the best speed out of all of them um it gets off the ground dead easy you just start looking at trails in like a completely di 
completely different way. You, you know, you start thinking instead of I'm going to, you know, I'm going to smash into that and to like bounce me over this section. You, you start thinking I can loft over there. Actually, I can get five foot further at this speed on this bike, so I can probably clear all clear all of that. Um, just a different different way of, look, of looking at things and. It's got really got me asking questions about myself, about the bike that I, the bike that I need, really, because it's so it's fun in so many places where my my usual bike wouldn't be, but it does the rocket, the rocket max. Uh, you know, I've never really found its its limit. It goes faster than I can, basically. Yeah. Um, but the tall boy, you can you can reach that limit, but you have a lot of fun getting there and ride riding on that limit it's yeah and, that, and you're still yeah. at a pretty decent pace at that limit on fairly gnarly terrain right yeah so, i'd love to yeah i'd love to it's been i mean we've had some really cold weather in the uk there's a couple of inches of snow around sheffield so i haven't got a chance to ride it on my usual trails in normal conditions but in the in the snow and ice it's been definitely been eye eye opening <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah the first thing i like i noticed was when i hopped on it there's a little very short uphill pedal from the 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 drop off of the uplift to the top of the trails and uh i felt like i've been in the gym like for a few months it was so it rolled so fast pedaled so easily at that little hill like, it definitely felt like it rolled quicker than both the other bikes i don't know how much i guess that's purely down to the tires um but it made a massive difference and then even that that rolling speed on the trails like I was clearing jumps easier on that bike than the other two, which is kind of not what I would have expected. Mm. I think it's a combination of the fact that it rolls up to speed so quickly. And it's also, it felt really poppy and light as a bike to ride as well. Like it was kind of easy to pop over a jump. Um, It picked up speed insanely. So if you did make a mistake, it didn't take long to like get back up to trail speed. And it really just, it just felt like it had less travel. It didn't feel like it was limiting in any other way, if that makes sense. Like I didn't feel less confident on it or less sure footed. It just felt like I needed a bit more strength to kind mm. of deal with the impact, but it didn't, I didn't feel like I was out of my depth on it kind of thing. I guess breaking, it was probably a little bit behind the other two purely again, because that rear tire was, you know, not quite a semi-slick, but a lot less of a tire than the DHR two was. Um, but even that, it wasn't massively noticeable unless she was super hard on the brakes coming into something. So yeah, I was super impressed. Yeah. You were very keen, Ben, to take that one home with you. I did notice. Yeah. I don't want to give it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that, isn't it? Let's go to the high tower next. Ben, you started the day on that bike. How did you find it? Um, so it's first, first bike of the day. I, I feel like I probably didn't get a, good assessment of the of the high tower just because we had a few issues with setting it up I got down the first run and i'd only got about four inches sorry what are we on 150 yeah four inches sorry 100 100 mil <laughs> metric 100 mil out of the fork so it wasn't quite set up right it it but i mean it felt felt fine didn't give me any of those like whooping whooping moments that we got out of the 5010 or constantly out of the tall boy for me um it just felt planted confident it 
probably overall would be the fastest of those i think in proper mixed mixed terrain but in terms of the fun factor it wasn't there um as much as for the other two bikes um whether i'd have got that out of it with a bit more time to to sort of get it set up properly i don't know um had that i guess like the other two bikes it had that um sort of well-balanced uh feel to it um kind of carried i think carried through through that flat section we're talking about it carried speed way better than the 5010 yeah but not to the same extent as the tall boy um it's the least favorite of the three for me which was a surprise because i thought it'd be probably the bike that suited me most being closest closest to mine in terms of travel yeah i was gonna say it felt like the most familiar bike to me which makes sense because it's the closest to what i currently ride um it had a it did have a wider bar um which probably is a bit too wide for most of us Mm. we probably naturally ride something a bit narrower but i don't think that massively impacted things um it it felt super capable it was immediately comfortable to be fair like all the other bikes were i didn't really struggle to find balance on any of those bikes like i wasn't fighting for front or rear end grip like the bikes just seemed to work and switch on as soon as i got on them and we didn't have to fiddle about to kind of get them to work um but i kind of agree ben there wasn't really anything about it that really stood out like there was with the other two it's just i mean it's clearly very good it's very capable it's super composed and like you say i think it would be the fastest bike over most over over a lot of terrain but there wasn't it didn't have i felt like the tall boy had a character to it and the 5010 had a character and i'd struggled to define the high tower other than to say it was good like really good mm. johnny what about you what are your thoughts on that one uh, you boys weren't riding it fast enough to find the character. That <laughs> <laughs> um, was my favourite. Um, I got on that after the tall, tall boy, and it it um, it uh, it felt to me that I could carry the the same amount of speed on the flats, but carry a lot more through the rough. So overall, um, uh, it just carried over overall more speed for me. So I had like it's almost like my average speed was higher. Um, and it meant that I could, I just could, I could ride how I generally like to ride. Um, I would say that there was kind of a, there was like a cheat for me on that bike in that it, it was the only one with a Fox fork. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the Fox fork that I ride. So I just put my settings on it. So it, it was completely, the front end was completely familiar to me. So, um, it maybe it was slightly more comfortable, um, than from that respect, but it was, it, it allowed me to have the most fun of the three bikes. Yeah. How would you define its character then? Like fast. What was fast. Okay. I like going fast. I was going to say that's something that's always been like your USP, right? You, that's, that's your motivation when you're riding bikes. Yeah. And I can go, I could, I could hit the lines. I could sk- skip the lines that I wanted to, um, um, I, as I, as I think I'd said, we I've been there at the summer with some with my son and some friends, and um, there was a couple of you know nice lines that you could do, and I found myself immediately being able to do those same lines, which I couldn't do on the other two bikes. Um, so 
that was just it's just yeah fun it's just how i like to ride at the moment yeah fair comment and so from this limited amount of climbing we did on the bikes uh i'd say they all felt pretty good to be fair like the seated pedaling position was great on all of them um the tall boy definitely stood out as kind of wanting to go i think that's mainly down to the tires to some extent maybe the there's a bit less travel less sag to sit into um Anyone got any further comments on the climbing side of things? The, well, the wheels were the same, weren't they? The actual, the yeah, reserve, the reserve, yeah, same level wheels, yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I'd be it'd be interesting to, but I'd I'd guess that it'd be hard pressed to find a bike these days that doesn't pedal well. Would be my guess. Um, I was expecting them all to pedal really well, and yeah, the tall boy was a bit better. Um, but they're all, yeah, happily spend the day on them, mm. to be honest. Yeah. I don't apart, from, apart from the 5010. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, pers- my personal bias, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. What were you going to say, Ben? I don't think we feel much difference between them riding them uphill. Really, I think they're all sort of very similar level. Yeah. For me personally, it's not really why I buy a bike, I guess. It's climbing performance isn't that significant. I guess it is more important in these trail-style bikes. And if you are doing kind of much more of the big ride days out rather than the up and downhill kind of stuff that we tend to do. But, yeah, I think they're all going to deliver pretty nicely. Um, Yeah, so how would we define the differences between these three bikes then? Because to me, they felt pretty similar in a lot of ways. Like the ride characteristics were quite consistent across them the geometry is really really close they didn't feel overly different other than a few sort of character traits and just that you know the amount of wheel travel was very obvious i think any thoughts ben like how would you pigeonhole these three if you had to uh well i guess my word to to summarize the high tower is is neutral really Uh, i mean they all feel in terms of sort of rear end action, I suppose to me they all feel fairly neutral. It seems to be the other aspects of the bikes that give them their give them their character. Um, the fifty ten, yeah, is there's there's proper hooligan potential in there once you've spent a bit more time on it and and got used to it. Um, I can imagine it down some some local trails here, uh, really really coming into its own particularly the more like trail trail center style ones that have had a bit of an update recently and there's some new hook lines and doubles that have been put in i think this would really hoon round um but for me like the the tall boy was just it was just a revelation basically it was um just carried speed gained speed light efficient um and and these aren't like particularly adjectives i'd necessarily want to use to describe what i would say is like my ideal bike particularly (laughs) but but when you put them all together like the end product was just uh a revelation basically do you think it's the absence of something that's given the bike the character as opposed to what it actually has good question that is a good question as a pack i think as a package it just all but we were talking about for me the the front end just 
it just feels spot spot on for some reason it doesn't you get the traction there's no feeling of like struggling with the bars or anything like that i was we were talking about oh maybe i need to move the bar height on my bike up and down a bit and i was saying maybe i need to like fiddle with the head angle a little bit perhaps the head angle's not 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 quite quite right but it just uh, and for you know we rode these bikes for one day really which isn't ideal but we felt at home oh well, I, you know i felt at home on the tall boy felt at home on all of them really um but felt at home on the tall boy in a way i hadn't anticipated just it immediately basically so we're gonna have to prize think, it from your cold dead fingers basically to get yeah it back, right? yeah yeah it's got me <laughs> thinking <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Because you, I think we all, I don't know, I'm guilty of feeling like I should have a 150 travel bike as a minimum. Yet for the vast majority of the riding that I do and the level that I ride at, and I think we've had this conversation before, but like I'd probably be fine on a shorter travel bike. Certainly now shorter travel bikes are as good as something like that tall boy. And that's, it's getting over that ego of like do i really need a 150 160 bike can i could i live with a 130 120 and probably have more a more appropriate bike most of the time and it sounds like you're maybe on that journey ben and johnny's on the opposite it's we're sort of repeating the debate we had a little bit on the when we last yeah yeah tested didn't we where yeah there was very small differences again but at the upper end of uh, the, the travel travel, window. travel yeah. window um I get, I get so i don't know if i'm if this is right johnny's been saying you know i ride to go fast he rides to go fast uh for me i occasionally ride to go fast but mainly i ride for a good time and the i've had a really good time on the tour boy <laughs> <laughs> And it's the, the, I suppose the compromise is, I was thinking about this earlier, is this a uniquely British situation? We, like the riding in the UK, I'm pretty lucky around Sheffield. Some of it's pretty, pretty techy, rough. Yeah. It's not that fast. Most of the time I could get away with a shorter travel bike. Uh, and I guess a lot of people in the UK are like that. But we have our, you know, occasional uplift day trip to the alps things like that where you would be perhaps not as compromised as i'd have said two weeks ago by a short travel bike like this but we feel like we want those bikes for those uh those bits of riding and maybe that's yeah. where we get the maximum fun and we wouldn't want to compromise those smaller amounts of maximum fun to have a bit more fun on a day-to-day -day basis but whether that's the right approach to take or not i'm not so sure now interesting well, it's got you thinking for sure so i was going to ask you each which bike you'd choose i think we know ben that it's going to be the tall boy for you uh Ooh. oh okay interesting <laughs> well, well i'll yeah. start so for me if i was keeping my current bike i would be very very happy to put the tall boy in the garage alongside it um because i think that tall boy was an excellent bike <laughs> i'd probably ride it a lot of the time, but I'd always have that bigger travel back up there. I think if it had to be my only bike, then I'd probably go for the high tower. Um, just because I feel like 
it's a really competent bike across all kinds of terrain. You could go on a massive all day ride on it and it would be great. You could take it to the Alps and ride chairlift assisted stuff. It'd be great. You can go to the bike park on it. It would be great. Um, I'm not sure it would be as exciting sometimes as the tall boy might be. Um, but I think that's probably where I'd head. What about you, Johnny? What would you choose? Well, before I say, I was the other thing I was thinking about while you guys were um, pontificating was that you, your, I think your viewpoint is based on what your bike is. So you, you automatically, if you're trying out something different, it tends to that average bike that you ride. So last time we were, tra- were riding bikes with more travel and we almost ended up back down. And this time we're testing bikes with less travel and with, you know, two of us maybe are tending up to that travel point. Yeah. You know, when I was looking at the tall boy, I was like, well, if I put bigger forks on it, if I change the tires, oh, then, yeah, that might be really good. But then maybe that would then take away what was actually good about the bike. Yeah. Um, back to your question. Um, <laughs> if, if I was keeping my current bike, I know I, I If if I had to choose one, I'd choose the Hightower. I because think. it's fastest. Because for me, I would choose the bike that for me pre- uh, presents the most fun. Yeah, and for me, that was that bike. So mm-hmm. that, that's it's the simplest decision. Yeah. Um, I don't want I don't want more bikes in my garage. I've got too many. <laughs> so fair enough. All right, Ben. So if it was in addition to my current bike, I'd take the Tall Boy for sure i'd probably take two as well just so that i had a spare one in case that one broke <laughs> in case the back in case the battery ran out on the electric in case gears. About, oh yeah let's not talk about it yeah yeah um but if it was to be my only bike oh i don't know don't know that'd be t- I, I don't oh. <laughs> what would the high tower be like with those cross-country tires on oh yeah maybe what, that would be the yeah. differentiator yeah but what would a mullet tall boy be like? Oh, well, I don't know. Oh. Um, it, might take, it might take the edge off it massively. Like, yeah, it might I think, do what we found with the 5010 and just start kill, kind of killing speed or, I don't know, who knows? It'd be an interesting thing to try. Who might do? It's how the nuances of all these geometry, you know, you look at it on paper and you think, oh, it's going to be better because of this this element. But as you, as we've just been saying, it's how this whole package fits together. Mm. And, and then you go, oh, I'm going to change this to make it better. And you're, you're probably it. not going to make it better. Yeah. And there's also all the stuff we don't see, right? You can look at a spec sheet and you're familiar with a lot of the componentry. You can look at a geo chart. And if you've been geeky enough for the last five years, you probably think you can kind of read into that something but we don't know what the carbon layup schedule looks like like what stiffness they've put into the frame mm. what how that stiffness presents itself in different directions so actually defining the character of a bike off any piece of paper is super hard to do right which is why i think we've always been to some extent surprised when we've gone and ridden these things because they do have their own kind of unique character that is a byproduct of all of those things and you can't write all of it down in an easy way right so it's i guess that's part of it this is why the 5010 didn't work for me because i'm too heavy for it the carbon layup must have been too flexy (laughs) (laughs) you were putting such extreme forces through it (laughs) maybe that's it this is 
we aren't the same right we aren't the same riders and there's yeah. another thing i've been thinking about is um there's a range of weight there's a fair variation in our weight ranges and so uh, for me the bike weight i'm the lightest of the three of us the bike, By some margin. <laughs> <laughs> the bike weight um is a bigger proportion of the overall weight that i'm moving down the trail so a bigger yeah. chair so a lighter bike to me might have more of an impact than a lighter bike to the heftier rider <laughs> in any <I'll> group <laughs> yeah <laughs> um there's, there's lots of variables aren't there there is there is one final and very important question though gloss finish or matte finish but <laughs> oh that gloss finish that gloss finish on the high tower yeah, was pretty, it yeah special, it's a bit special gloss yeah. You'd go gloss on the tall boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the purple is pretty bright. Yeah, nice, like it, Johnny. What colours your high tower coming in? Gloss or matte? Gloss. Yeah, yeah gloss. I'd take the gloss. Is it, you're just getting it because gloss has got less wind resistance, right? And it's faster. <laughs> yeah, mud doesn't stick to it as much. <laughs> there we go. I knew there'd be a performance reason. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, I mean, it was a super fun day out. It turns out that modern trail bikes are pretty good, eh? Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. They're always better than I think they are going to be on paper. Yeah. Yeah. So hard to predict, but yeah, it was a really interesting day. That's it for this episode. Thanks to both of you for taking a day off in the freezing cold to come and ride bikes and chat about it. It turned out to be pretty good. Uh, ben, thanks for stashing a load of homemade mince pies into the uh, down tube glove box. Anytime. That was a perfect <laughs> mid right treat. We've got a, a really exciting new project that we're going to be working together on next year. We can't say anything about that just yet, but we will do soon. Um, so, yeah, until we get around to launching that, thanks for your time. It's been fun. And, uh, Ben, we need that bike back. <laughs> what bike? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. All right, that's it for this episode with the three of us. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thank you to Santa Cruz for supporting this episode and for lending us the bikes. You can check out their entire range over at santacruzbicycles.com. Also, a massive thank you to Seven Mesh. If you're in the market for some amazing quality riding kit, then whether you're wanting to try Seven Mesh for the first time or are already hooked, they're offering Downtime listeners a very generous 20% discount using the code DOWNTIME7MESH20. That's Downtime, followed by the number 7, then M-E-S-H, and the number 20, all in capitals with no spaces. That's Downtime7MESH20 over at 7mesh.com. Head over now and check them out, and what's even better is they ship globally. So wherever you are, you can get your hands on some top quality riding gear. And a massive thank you to We Are One Composites too. We Are One are offering an incredible 15% off everything on their website until midnight on the 31st of December. That means you can get a discount on their new Convergence wheels, their recently reduced and still very awesome Revolution wheels, which are what I currently use, and also their bike, The Arrival. All you need to do is to use the code DOWNTIMEDECEMBER15 at the very final stage of the checkout process over at weareonecomposites.com. That's downtime with a capital D, December also with a capital D, all one word, followed directly by the number 15 over at weareonecomposites.com. Don't forget that code won't work until you're at the very final stage of the checkout process, which is called Confirm Order. All right, here's a few other links that might be useful to you too downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some brand new merch and forward slash ep if you want to get your hands on copies of our lovely print project downtime ep 
As always, spread the word, tell your rider mates and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. (laughs) 